0: You can listen wherever you get your podcasts, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.
1: Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of Recovery a podcast about leaving ministry, changing the way you feel about ministry, transitioning in and out of any job. Really, it's a uh, podcast about just changing your life, however that might be, in increments, even if it's a tiny increment. Maybe you're not going to volunteer for that thing that you've volunteered for every year. Really, it's just a podcast to talk about how do we live in a way that is authentic to ourselves and what does that look like, especially after leaving ministry. So I'm one of the hosts, Sarah Heath, and this is...
2: Justin Gentry and we're going to talk today a little bit about hey i got a job now what
1: (laughs) so in our discord this i I feel like we need to give a little bit of a background so when justin and i do these like just the two of us podcasts it's usually because something keeps coming up over and over again so in our discord channel where you guys can hear more information about how to join that later just the most lovely group of humans but again and again People in we have a section for people working through their vocational stuff. It's called vocational help. People will say, so I got a job and sometimes they even read the dream job. And I feel uh, a little afraid because I'm still burnt out and I'm having a commitment here.
2: It's an interesting thing because I know at least for you, Sarah, you got out of ministry <laughs> because you were burnt out. I mean, I, yeah. think I would say most ministers get out of ministry because they're burnout in some capacity, you know, or mildly. I, the word traumatized gets thrown around a lot. And I want to be I just personally want to be more careful. But I think religious abuse, pain around religious issues up to, you know, actual trauma and right. everything in between your body experiences are kind of all the same. Oh, totally. But, you know, capitalism is relentless. Like you don't, I mean, burnout, like genuine clinical burnout can take two to five years to recover from, and you might not get two to five days to wrap your head around your situation before you've got to, you know, you've, you've got to get a job because you've got to eat, uh, you know, that's, I feel like it's a flaw in the human design, but we have to continue buying food or <laughs> growing it.
1: Yeah. We have to continue buying food. We have to continue growing it. Absolutely.
2: So I, I can understand because, I mean, this is the way I felt when I I had to leave. I was, you know, jettisoned out of ministry. So, I don't know that I've shared this in this much detail, but I can, I, can, I can share it now. I was, you know, kind of jettisoned out of ministry. I had a certain amount of severance pay, which was, you know, a blessing, if you will. But it wasn't much. And so, I've ended up getting a job across the country and... Somehow I also decided that it would be a smart move to buy a house in this season. So it's like, I'm moving, I'm buying a house. I'm doing all these things to just try to like create some kind of stability for myself. And I get into this job that I have no idea what I'm doing, like a completely different field altogether, educational <laughs> publishing, which I mean, I, I know how to ask questions, which is a lot of the job, but I mean, I'm just feeling very out of my depth. And there were many, many days where I'm, staring at a computer screen or I'm in a meeting and people are talking and I'm like, this is just not, but nothing is happening. I had some, a lot of weird medical stuff going on at that time too, that I'd never experienced before or since I think it's part of It's just the stress. I'm not very good at feeling stress when it's happening. My body's just more like, Hey, I'm going to break your hip (laughs) to get you to slow down. So I don't like rarely am I, hey, I'm stressed right now. It's more like, I can't move. Why is that? And I, I've learned over time what that is. So it's, I, I get that feeling of like, okay, I'm out of ministry, that the goal, you know, achievement unlocked, but I don't feel any different or I don't feel satisfied or is, this just, is it the same thing over and over again? Like, did I leave for nothing? And that's... Yeah, that's that's a tough place to be.
1: So particularly for gosh, we have like a handful of people who are starting brand new jobs, including myself. I got to tell you that like fear of overcommitment. So one of the so I'm taking a bunch of jobs is how I have decided to do this thing right now. And I don't know if that's the best decision for me or not. But there it is. That's what has presented itself to me. And so that's what I'm doing. And so the question for me is like, you know, have I overcommitted? That's what keeps popping up in my head because the reason that ministry was so hard is I was wearing so many different hats. Well, I'm now committed to a bunch of different Wearing hats.
2: four different hats.
1: Now they all have starts and endings. So like the coolest thing yesterday <laughs> was my friends asked me like, Oh, what time can you come out? And I said, well, I get off work at four thirty from my one job. And I was like, Oh, I get off work at four 30. Mm-hmm. And even though like I still speak at events and I still want to coach people and I, I want to work on building that business more because those are two gifted things that I love doing like i like I'm speaking at an event this weekend or next weekend in North Carolina cannot wait thousands of students. It's gonna be incredible, but at the same time, those big events you know it's taking a while to build those back up, and so I am I'm taking jobs where I'm making not enough to cover my I'll be working a lot of hours and not making a lot of money for those hours, but they're jobs that I'm excited about doing but I have to sit in it and say to myself over and over again my job is not to fix whatever this is. So I started working at a place that a maker space so I teach classes and it's great and I'm really excited to do that but it is it is you know it's interesting like I really like this job but it doesn't it will never make me a living and it's not my job to make this space better. I just make my part of it. Like I teach classes. I am just there to teach classes.
2: Yeah. Is is that nice?
1: It is. That part is really nice. I wish I could make a living doing that. Yeah. I guess that's what's called a teacher.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That would be what that is.
1: Like just to not have to like develop the program or develop the class. My job is just for those three or four hours with those kids to make them feel like to teach them something to like whatever and then just go away and that's it. I I don't have to follow up with them. I am not their mentor. I'm just the girl who teaches them this class. And obviously I will be a mentor in that space and place and whatever it might be, but I'm not responsible for them at night. It's so different.
2: Yeah, I I remember yeah, you know, starting, you know, in, in corporate America and things like understanding what your boundaries are and and understanding like, oh, like I yeah, I'm not I'm not being paid to make this space better. Someone else is being paid that. And, and and I'm 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 being paid to do to do my job well, to maybe take on some additional responsibility to possibly get promoted or something. I mean, there's there are certain kind of give and take there, but at the end of the day, it's like five o'clock, I'm done. Like, and I I don't have to think about this anymore. And that is that is a new feeling for I think a lot of folks leaving ministry and it's and it can feel it's it's a good feeling, but I think it can also feel well, what do I do now or or the opposite like i oh, I was used to being able to you know kind of enmesh my work and my home to a certain degree, and now it's like, oh wait, when do you go to the dentist
1: right, <laughs> right. there's so many things like i'm the reason that I took these various jobs is because they offer me a chance to move my schedule around a little bit. I'll be working a lot of hours, but only when I'm on the floor will my hours be designated. And why that's important. So if I'm also working for a coffee shop corporation, not Starbucks, uh, and it they own several. I'll be helping with like culture and community, but I'll also be like operations person and not making very much money but it's an incredible organization and incredible people who believe incredible things but i'm going to have to be very boundaried around i work this many hours for you a week and that's it
2: yeah and that's and it's nice because you have uh, it's easier to negotiate those boundaries when there is like here's here's the contract here's the thing i signed like this is how much I work. Whereas at ministry, it becomes this thing that just like takes over everything. It can take over and it's, and it's harder to negotiate because you you're like, yeah, I need to, I need to leave or I can't do that. Like, oh, well this, this is the Lord's work,
0: you know, <laughs> trademark.
2: Th- this is, this is the high calling of your life. You know, this is, you know, so- souls are in the balance. You know, I would hear, I would hear that. from like, But my soul's also in the balance. Like, can we talk about that for a second? Because I, I, my soul is tired.
1: Right. And the thing is, is like, I think I would work for my denomination at a higher level, like structurally. Mm -hmm. It's just because those people have, like, the director of communications or whatever they might be, because those people have a job description. It's the pastoral job that doesn't have a job description and it doesn't have a punch in, punch out. And so I think, and it's also not, so personal so i think that's the other thing that like one person shared with another person they're like i have such a fear of commitment i'm starting a new job i don't know if this is great and someone wrote look i had three jobs like in a year after leaving ministry because i just needed to like reboot one of our former guests we had on maher salani listen to that episode by the way he talks about how he had just this one job that was just like for a year, he only had it for a year right after out of ministry, and he just needed it almost as a palate cleanser. And I so I think we can be a little more playful around it, a lot more open to like, uh, you know, yeah, because if it's the Lord's work, that's a lot of stress. If it's my divine purpose and calling, for me, it's more like, I think the weight around my neck was always that I was voted most likely to succeed. And I, I don't know how to measure success. That's mm-hmm. not work related because. The success that I often was sold as a, as a woman was like success would be having a great job and also having a family. And I don't have a family and through no choice of my own, I would love to have a family. I just don't. And so that's just the way my life has gone probably because I was in ministry for so long, but I think, so then what do you measure success by? And I'm learning more and more as I kind of step into this new way of looking at life is that I measure success by my days. Today was a blast. I went hiking. I went running. I like hung out with people I really like. I did brunch with people. It was Sunday and it felt like church. You know, Uh I was out in the wilderness. I was with, I had broke bread with people who were so fantastic. We talked about life giving things. And I just think I have to figure out a way to find purpose and meaning outside of vocation. I think it's really important and have fun and like don't feel bad for having fun at work
2: yes yes
1: i know that's a weird thing to say but you don't have to hustle all the time
2: it's it's okay to yeah to not have your nose to the grindstone all the time and if you have a job that's like hustle 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 all the time why
1: (laughs) yeah i mean
2: if we're only here so long like that's yeah that's like we're like and they're probably not paying you enough to be unhappy like that you know because because unhappiness you take with you everywhere you know that's you know if you're having a terrible time at your job you don't get you then you don't leave that at work, and that affects your family, it affects your sleep, it affects your fun, and they're they're not paying you enough probably to to take over, obviously the eight hours a day or whatever they take, but then also all that other time that you spend recovering to do it again, and and that's and so I think if and it's me saying this is a joke because I work very hard at my job and I have two podcasts and multiple children and you know balancing lots of friendships and relationships and you know so it's it's rich coming from me to say this, yeah. but I I think if we can if we can kind of just try to cultivate a lot more ease in our life as much as possible. And you, and as you have to fight for it, I'm not saying like just check out of life and just don't do anything. That's not like when I say cultivate ease, I think it's an intentional practice to like, I I'm going to, I'm going to inhabit my workspace. I'm going to inhabit my time with my kids or friends or family, or I'm going to try to have an ease about that. Because I think, I think so much, especially of Christian culture is you have to work hard and, and relationships are hard, you know, like they're, they're so hard. Like, are they, do they need to be like, if all of my relationships are hard work, maybe I need to rethink what relationship looks like. If all of my work is, is bus is just breaking me. Maybe I need to rethink my relationship to work.
1: And what is hard? Yeah. So I had the realization that in my life, because I'm a three on the Enneagram, because my parents were highly achieving, (laughs) I grew up in the shadow of a brother who's super bright. I, I have always thought hard meant best. So I have a biology minor. I'm only one organic chemistry class away from having it as a double major with psychology. And I only did that in my senior year. I decided not to take the orgo class. Because my fallback plan was to go to medical school because I literally thought, well, what's the hardest thing to do? I should probably do that because that equals hard is worth it. Does that make sense?
2: That, hard, it makes
1: hard is worth it. It
2: makes sense to me in, in the sense of like, I can do it. So I should. I mean, and that's that's right. why I was pushed to try to do medicine in college. And, and the ethos was like, we've looked at your IQ and we've taken these aptitude tests and you could be a doctor. So that's what you should be.
1: Well, like, and I lived, I lived under the roof with my dad, who is just one of my favorite people in the whole ed world, who was a someone who could do it and loved it. Mm-hmm. And the truth is, is like, he just organically loved it. Not because it was hard because it was the curious thing to him that tapped into his curiosity that made him use all the skills people skills that he has he's great with people all these things like he's a great doctor he was a great doctor my mom was a nurse you know they lived out that like caregiving that kind of thing that's the thing but i think i as a kid somehow got the notion that life was struggle yeah like life's hard and then you die i remember people saying that over and over again mm-hmm. as a kid and me being like <laughs> Like I'm of the ethos, I'm of the era where we watch the movie Reality Bites, right? Like, if it's not a struggle, it's not a right relationship. If it's not hard, it's not the right job. If you're not like hustling, what are you doing?
2: Yeah, and and I just I just I I'm I am becoming more and more in favor of just like regular ass work, like not hard work, just like just regular work, and and like not. There was, I was, um, I was looking for a therapist and I stumbled upon a therapist. I'm sure they're wonderful people, but their little ad or whatever was talking about, like teaching you how to live epically or, you know, living your best epic life or something like that. And I'm like, I'm tired already. Like I, I've i done that. Right, been there, so done that. Let's like,
1: let's go there. So even if you came out of a family of high achievers or you didn't come out of a family of high achievers and you're trying to beat it when you're trying to find a new job and perhaps you grew up in a Christian tradition that told you, you like you were the generation that was going to make a difference, mm-hmm. which sounds great.
2: How did that and work? Also out is for a you? lot of
1: pressure. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of pressure or like you're the change maker. The number of times the word change maker was used, like you guys are going to be the change makers, you guys, which is great. It's inspiring. It's things don't get changed if we don't, Buck the system. I'm not saying don't have, you know, a little bit of Martin Luther King in you. Like, it's good to want to, yeah, live out of this. But this epic life, I feel like, has been highly affected by Hillsong. Like, the idea of this, like, epic Christianity, it has a soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Like, I should be living this life that is so huge. But what if the huge part is that tiny little thing? Like, what if the part of my life that's most important isn't the big paycheck part? It's that, like, part of my job is that I'm going to be able, hopefully, uh, once I get certified to do it, right now I'm teaching kids that are mainstream, but one of the things I could do is teach kids who are special needs how to build. Yeah. Like, what? That's incredible. I And I'm not, I will, you know, I just think that this idea that. There's one thing out there, and that's the other thing. If you're a polymath like I am, I think that's the word for it, right? People who have multiple interests and multiple skills. The world is not made for us.
2: No, it's not. That's. I learned that very early on. I remember talking with a significant adult about, like, I want to be, like, I wanted to be, like, a paleontologist and something else. Maybe even, like, a pastor or something. I was just like, you know, like, I want to be two things, and... They were basically like, well, you'll probably be, the advice was more or less like you'll be bad at both of them if you do that. And I'm like, thanks for that. I'm going to remember that interaction the rest of my life. You know, but it's, but yeah, the world is not made. And I think this be why a lot of polymath folks kind of gravitate to ministry because you, right. you can kind of pull on a lot of those things. I mean, you and I both have talked about like, We've remodeled buildings and we've we can also do sermons and we can also do this very heady theological stuff. But we can also like work with special needs folks. And there's just a lot of like you can pull on a lot of different strings. But I mean, corporate world, it doesn't care about that. And also like you don't unless you're a billionaire and can just create your own job. It's it's hard to to really pull. Which
1: I am playing the lottery because that would be amazing.
2: Yeah, I mean, how, how would you not? I mean, I would say most billionaires have played the lottery as well. Just they played the where you were born lottery.
1: Ooh, and who you were born to.
2: Yeah. Come at me. I don't think there's anything such thing as a self-made billionaire. I'm just going to say it. Nothing to do with this mm-hmm. podcast, but I'm just going to say that. Just throwing it out there. It's, it's it's politics season.
0: First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just here at the speaking in church podcast we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church it's a podcast about change it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side you can listen wherever you get your podcast and if you want to be a guest yes you regular person you can be a guest on the speaking in church podcast if you want to come on just let us know
2: so but I do think that it's I think finding those 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 ways that you can ease into those things that you're interested in now cuz it's like okay I have this chunk of this income that I'm I'm doing and maybe it maybe it ticks those boxes maybe it doesn't but I think taking the pressure off like my job has to tick all these boxes or you know like you know like this podcast I'm doing at 10:14 at night you know and, and and that's fine but it's like I think creating on the margins. I think Elizabeth Gobert in her book, big magic talks about that, like creating in the margins of your life. And I think we, I think so many people have this idea of, you know, writers having all this time to just do what they want or, you know, artists, painters, whatever, but almost everybody starts. And maybe some people live there and do their entire career creating kind of in those other spaces. And I think there can be, and there's a certain freedom and I think, I think good in that too. I don't think everyone has to be the greatest at everything they ever do. I think, you know, I don't know, enjoy being bad at things. And well, that's been the yeah. thing.
1: Like I'm learning how to like, you know, I sent you this ridiculous arts and craft photo because <laughs> in my, uh, in my job, I am learning how to do things I've never learned to do before. So like, while I am an incredibly handy person, I, And I'm learning to say that I'm learning to say that I'm good at. things.
2: Yeah, that's cool.
1: That's been hard. I yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. But I I had never spot welded before. I've done the welding that's like, Mm -hmm. you know, a big coil welding kind of thing. I'd never spot welded before. I'd never soldered uh, wiring before. And I know all of this is like smaller for other people. But like and I've never like wired a switch like a like on, like I've wired light switches before, but I've never wired an on-off switch. And so I sent you this picture of this thing. Cause I was like, I literally learned this all day. And it was, I made to be a in thing. Position, <laughs> you made a thing yeah. to be in the position of a learner was so great. Like just to be open to like, I'm going to learn something and I don't know where it's going to take me, but I think that's the, maybe people who feel like, the commitment part is like well i need to know where this is going and for me i get it i'm in my 40s i am i'm a single human i don't have anyone who helps with my my parents are great and sometimes they've helped me in life but thanks mom I, I that was like...
2: very much a thanks mom and dad you're you're probably listening to this podcast
1: <laughs> yeah they're great no they have they have had to i mean that's part of the struggle of the last year for me is big things have happened and i haven't had the margin like i used to have and yeah, I just feel like there's this thing about, like, our our value or the things that, like, life is about isn't just this vocation and this thing, it doesn't give us meaning.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and I think having to define that meaning and define where it's going, if anywhere, is I, that's scary. I, you know, I will say that's scary, but I think there's also a lot of freedom in that. That, okay the script isn't written for me and this next chapter could be the greatest chapter of my life or it could just be like a filler chapter right. you know or maybe a chapter a filler chapter that you know sets off some really great plot points later but I, I won't see them because I'm a human limited by time and space and sometimes things are just dead ends and and that's all they are and that's And that's something that I think is hard for particularly evangelicals, particularly evangelical pastors to, to really wrap our, it was hard for me to wrap my head around. I'll just admit that, like that some things can just be a mistake and there isn't a larger lesson. There isn't like a, this is what God taught me through this kind of thing. It can just be like, I made a bad call and I'll learn better for next time. That's the lesson. But this job, this decision, whatever it is, 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 this was a mistake. And just mm-hmm. like, like, it's so weird for me to at 40 to be like, I'm learning how to accept my mistakes. Right. But it's true, because I, I think it is very psychologically insulating to be like, God has a plan for everything. Right. And every mistake you made, oh, man, that that was a divine appointment or whatever. And not the divine appointments aren't a thing. It's just like, not everything is one. If everything's a divine appointment, it's not an appointment. But I think sometimes it's just like being okay with, I am, I made a mistake. I own up to it. I make an amends. It's not, it's not good. It's not bad. And now I have to move on with life. And that is, I, I, it's weird. There's a weird freedom in that to me, but it's, it's an alien experience when everything has had to have a reason and not everything does. Apparently I'm learning.
1: Right. And, and uh, that's okay. I think that's the thing too, is just being. Okay, how can I be okay with the unknown? So like, I think the question that everybody's asking in Discord or like in, our, in the recovery room is, can I surrender this? Can I let this be, this is what I'm asking myself, right? Does, is it okay if this isn't right? And the answer is yes. And can I trust that even if it's wrong, things will work out? You know, my friend recently said to me that, like, not that everything happens for a reason, bullshit. Because I don't think that's necessarily true. But we can make meaning out of everything. Yeah. And and that includes people that we're with. Like, people come into our lives and they show up and they teach us something. And even if it's traumatic for her, she was kind of narrating in a tra- traumatic situation, and saying like, I really think this person though taught me something that I it, it taught me that my boundaries were too. Mm-hmm. big and I needed to like anyway and I think that's even like jobs can teach us like we know like uh, for instance I learned this year like I hate being a solo entrepreneur. I'm a hell of a coach. All of my clients have done really really well. I hate advertising. I hate like getting out there and doing those little reels that talk about all the coaching strategies that I use and the three ways I can move you forward. So far I've hated that. I've hated being a solo entrepreneur and doing all the taxes and all that sort of stuff. I hate it. So that's something to learn because I think I would have wondered all along should I be my own business owner?
2: Yeah. And and also no. I I think that's a, that's a, that's very good information for you to learn about yourself. I also think it's good for folks to like know that I think there is this ethos that's like, well, you have to have done it and you have to be successful before you can coach anybody in it. Um, And I don't think that that's true, necessarily. Like, Mm. you're like, I don't like being a solo entrepreneur. I, I don't like that. It's not something I enjoy. That doesn't mean I can't help someone walk through their journey of that.
1: Oh, no. And And I'm super good. at it. You are super good at it. That's the thing thing. about it.
2: (laughs) Like you're incredible at it. And and yeah, your clients are amazing people. And Mm -hmm. so like it's you don't have to have all of the you don't have to know and like all of the things in order to be good at something that's adjacent or be able to teach or coach or whatever. And that's I think that's there is this kind of myth or like this almost like this, like, those that can't do teach, which I'm like, that's bullshit. Teaching is doing something. Shut up. Like, I think that's, that's a very good thing. And yeah, that's valuable information. And that's also like, that sets you up now for the next thing. Like, okay, I don't want to do it by myself. How do I make a team of people? How do I help? You know, now that I know that I, I learned from other jobs, like different various job roles that I just, I don't like, I'm not good at them, or they stress me out. Like, So I do think every, every mistake can, can bring that information, but it, it, and I think meaning can change like, like, oh, this was good for me at this moment. Mm -hmm. And then 10 years from now, you can be like, well, this was good for me, but for different reasons, like that Mm -hmm. means something different to me now. And I think as, as, you know, we've deconstructed our faith and deconstructed our ideas about ministry and things, I think the, what we learned from our ministry experience, I, I think that even changes over time. Because what we value now is different, and mm-hmm. um, and that that that's the kind of beauty of being a human too. You can continue to go back to those experiences and learn new things, revalue them, and kind of change them and kind of twist them around a little bit. Um, and that's that, that's such a, a a good thing. Um, and yeah, and, and dreams that you had, like, oh, I really can't wait to be this thing, and then you become that thing. You're like, nope, never mind. Out. <laughs> Didn't yeah. Didn't work.
1: I mean, I think you can figure out ways that, like, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like that. You don't. There's no purpose for your life. You're not meant to be anything. Don't follow your passions. I think it's if you don't know where your passions are going, it's okay to take a minute and yeah. Like I hope for me, take a bunch of jobs. Maybe. I mean, I wish there was one job that could fulfill all the things that I would like to do, uh, and I could be paid a living wage for it. But that isn't the case right now or in front of me in this moment. So I think that's the thing is like just sitting and saying, I can commit to this in a different way than I committed to church work. I can commit to this for a season, for a time. Um, You know, a lot of people switch jobs and we figure it out.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think we, we have the capacity to change and to rewire our brains much more than we give ourselves credit for. Um mm-hmm. and I, I think rewiring those postures, it's gonna take time for sure. But I, I find so much more freedom and even interest in my various jobs now, simply because I'm able to approach them with just a different but, but nothing eternal going on there. It's not that I don't believe in <laughs> that necessarily, but it's like I'm there that pressure is now off. Um in a way that I don't think I don't think Jesus was like wanting that for people, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, you know, it's like a I it's it's pressure, yeah.
1: Jesus never became a rabbi. No. Like it
2: like it was like a I mean, it was definitely like he he was a self-published author, you know? Like I mean, that's just yeah. like
1: And he wasn't even really. Yeah. He just gave a bunch of lectures. Yeah, just like He was more like a TikTok star. Yeah.
2: He was he was an influencer.
1: He was a TikTok star (laughs) of his day. He like went to areas, just said something, walked away,
2: Yeah, bounced, sometimes got people mad and bounced quickly. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I think reframing this like, you know, because I do think this is something I wrestled with, like, oh, I couldn't handle the pressure of ministry or whatever. Like, it's because I couldn't hack it or something. Um, I'm not an Enneagram three, but um, I was raised by one. Uh, so <laughs> I have, I have that, I have that energy in me. It was like, no, it's not that I couldn't hack it. It just, I think I, at some point I just realized this, this pressure just isn't good for me. And, and my long-term health, my ability to be the person that I was called to be honestly in the world, um, ran cross purposes to my being in ministry anymore. And that's okay.
1: Yeah, I think, and maybe it's the grace to let your job be in its proper place. It isn't who you are. It doesn't define you, you know? And so the advice is like, take the job if, and if it doesn't work, you can leave, but be, but learn how to check in with yourself and know whether it's working for you or not. Cause I think the fear for a lot of folks is if, if this is like ministry, I'm not going to know when it's time to leave. I'm just going to, I don't know what it's, I don't know how much I'm supposed to suffer in a job, right? It
2: took me 10 years to leave ministry. How do I, is it going to take me 10 years to leave this other job I don't like?
1: Right, right. And there will always be aspects of things you don't like. People have always said that to me, right? But it shouldn't be the majority of it. And then how are other parts of your life fulfilling what I would say is your vocation? Yeah. Like, how are, how is my love of speaking to people? How is that being fulfilled? Because it can be fulfilled in other ways. And I think figuring out what works well for you. Like, do you work well with a set schedule? Do you work better with a flexible schedule? Like, these are all things like we're learning, right? And the world is learning. That's the other thing. Friends, we are coming out of a massive job flux. Mm -hmm. As we're coming out of the pandemic world of like hybrid or in person or remote work, like the whole world is trying to figure out how to do this work business. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have like people who just make a lot of money doing jobs that like none of us understand some of these like really weird, like whatever, you know, there's this just whole new huge world. So like, just cause you're figuring it out now the whole world's figuring it out.
2: Yeah. And, and that's another thing we can labor so much in isolation and feeling alone in that like yes oh i don't have my shit together i'm i'm you know and then you can really get down on yourself but like
1: me this morning
2: (laughs) very few people do most of us are faking it or or because of social media and this isn't a social media is bad thing this is just a social media is good at delivering curated content of someone's life correct and that's, I don't think that's a bad thing. It's only a bad thing when you're completely not mindful of that. And you don't realize, oh, I'm only seeing moments. I'm not seeing right. the moment that I'm not seeing the 40 selfies they took. I'm seeing the mm-hmm. best selfie they took. Right. And we all do it. You all, you all y'all got a camera roll of just bad selfies that you didn't post. You know. Like. And it's fine. Who cares? Like everyone.
1: And like our LinkedIn version of our job resume is so different than our actual experience of our job. In some ways, it doesn't reflect all the breadth and experience we've had. Yeah. And in other ways, we made up titles because <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. there wasn't one. So I'm the great. Right. Yeah. I'm the minister of fun.
1: Right. I was the culture creator. What did Irwin McManus call himself? This is a pastor at LA. He was the cultural architect.
2: Yeah, but that's not culty. The
1: lead cultural architect.
2: That, that feels <laughs> that feels very matrixy to me.
1: It's very strange, but go you, dude. He's doing hey, great. You know, he's designing clothes now.
2: You know, because he had a cultural architect on his resume.
1: Right. I mean, I think he just decided to design clothes. I don't think anyone gave him permission for it, but he's doing it. Yeah, I think the the thing that I would want people to hear is like wherever you are, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if you need folks to hang out, there are lots of us who also are going. I don't know what I'm doing, but I think it might be OK for today. Yeah, I don't need to solve it.
2: And and you don't need there's not Uh, you don't we you need to develop, obviously, just who you are and things. But like there's no secret sauce that's out there. There's no like blog article you're going to read. That's like, oh, this is going to be it. it. It's
1: it's just but sometimes you will know, like my best guy friend literally discovered that he wanted to be a nurse at 42 41 and it is absolutely the calling yeah in his life but he couldn't discover it till he was 41 and that's all right yeah. that's just where he's at it's just
2: gonna take time and mm-hmm. and i know earlier in the podcast i said you know we're only here for so long and that's true but but i also think that every year you're, you're a little bit more skillful you're a little better mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. It, and it's okay to take your time a little bit
1: and absolutely and to
2: not have that grand plan. It's okay.
1: Yeah, we're hoping it's okay because that's our world. That's what we have
2: to believe. <laughs> and so, yeah. Now, yeah. and that's the thing is
1: like, <laughs> there's so many paths to go down. We are so fascinated with so many of them. Yeah. And so, I think just knowing that maybe this is part of that path.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: Take a break. Well, thanks, guys, for joining us. I know we didn't have a giant answer. No. I wish we did. I, yeah. I- Because tomorrow is for me my first day teaching on my own and starting a thing and i wish i could get this anxiety out of me that this is an unknown world and i don't know what i'm doing
2: but here's how you know we're the real deal because we're we're not ending this podcast with a here's here's our five point course that you can buy to
1: you know what's crazy though i feel it like, like i actually can do it for my clients it's just the thing i can't do for myself yeah
2: well yeah but it's like the, the, this ends on like we're figuring this out together folks and we're like we don't have all the answers but we're we're willing to walk together i think to me even that's a better posture than than a, a slick sales funnel
1: <laughs> this, this is what you should do
2: <laughs> we're doing the 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 pistols pew, pew. finger
1: yeah I'm just really grateful for this podcast. I'm grateful for the people who listen to yeah. it. I'm grateful that uh, I get to meet a bunch of strangers all the time who say, "I listen to your podcast," and I'm like, "Oh, about recovery." And it's like a weird little underground world of people who are trying to figure it out together. And so, if you have the answers, you are welcome to uh, come on and let us know. Yeah, let us know. Yeah, you know how to like find your exact right purpose because I'm pretty sure all of us are living into it right now. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean. Sarah, you do have a purpose-driven life. Um, oh,
1: stop it. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, um, there are, I mean, there's lots of ways to figure out the things that you love, yeah, right? But I think hold it loosely and you don't have to make it your absolute.
2: Yeah. And the time is the important part too. Like it takes time. It, it's not going to be, and it's not the time it takes to read a book. It's, it's just lived experience in the world. Um, that's my prescription. And it could take a year or 30. (laughs) Go forth (laughs) and enjoy.
1: Totally. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you're enjoying the conversations you hear on recovery, you can continue the conversation with us and many more incredible people in what's known as the recovery room on discord. To access our Discord, please join our Patreon to be a part of this community. You can join for as little as $4 a month, and that gives you access to the community resources as well as it helps us to be able to produce the show. Check it out on Patreon.com revcovery Now we know that not everyone is able to financially support the show, but there are so many ways you can support us, including giving us a five-star review wherever you are currently listening, and make sure to like and subscribe across all social media. Revcovery Room is on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook and that's our handle. So come find us and let's keep the conversation going. On to some final thoughts and this week's poem.
2: Hey, friends. uh, Thanks so much for listening to that conversation between Sarah and I about just the the winding nature of life and that once we leave something and become something else, uh, it doesn't end. It keeps going and going and going. and, And that can... That can be frustrating sometimes, I think. That can be confusing. It can be be difficult. Um, But I want to leave you with a quote today uh, from Oscar Wilde to maybe help reframe that feeling a bit. And I'll read the quote and then I'll say a little something about it. And then uh, we'll be on about our week. So here's the quote from Oscar Wilde. If you want to be a grocer, or a general, or a politician, or a judge, you will invariably become it, and that is your punishment. If you never know what you want to be, if you live what some might call the dynamic life, but what I will call the artistic life, if each day you are unsure of who you are and what you know, you will never become anything, and that is your reward. I think there's some wisdom in that, in understanding that I am not a finished product, and that that's not the goal, but that I am in a constant state of becoming, and you are in a constant state of becoming. And so wherever you are, wherever you find yourself, whether it is in ministry or out, whether it is in the church or out, whether it is settled and happy or confused and chaotic may you continue to become the next thing and the next thing and the next thing enjoy the exploration i'll see you next week